Last week, we, um, we talked about God is building uh, His church. And uh, this week, kind of tagging on to that, and I encourage you this year, if you miss a service, I encourage you, go back and, and, and just listen to it. We usually have it up by Monday, the latest Tuesdays on the podcast or on Facebook. Listen to it. Don't miss a thing what God wants to do this year. Let's stay on, on the same page together. Amen? So we're reading this scripture, but God's building his house, but God is looking for partners. He's looking for partners. He needs partners in build, building his house. And guess who he wants to use? He wants to use his sons and his daughters. Amen? We have a, a place in his family, and we have a position in his kingdom. And uh, there's things that, that, that he wants us to work with him. And we knew the scripture last week we went over, unless God builds the house, they labor in vain. And we do not want to be laborers who labor in vain. Can you say amen? We want to be laborers who don't do it in vain because we're willing to do it God's way and submit to him, and rely upon him, even in the process of things. But the first scripture I want to look at today, I want to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 11 through 13. And, and uh, we'll look at this. We'll probably end up going over this several times this year. But let me read this to you. It says, no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. So God is looking for partners to work with him to use the material that he desires. Now, in a sense, we are not only the partners, we are also the material. <laughs> because the Bible says in Peter that we're like living stones that God wants to use. He's building himself a habitation that he wants to fill. And now, to, to, to keep this in full context, this is, you know, the scripture, when it talks about the day, the capital D, day, capital D the capital D, I don't know what happened there, I went south for me, now the capital D, um, the capital D in that thing stands for judgment day. That's the day where we'll all stand before him, and we'll be judged for our works here. But it, even keeping it in context, knowing that that's, there's going to be a day we're going to be judged you know, there's days and storms and things that we go through that test the quality of what we've been building. Isn't it funny? It's talking about he's the foundation. You can't lay another foundation. There's only one foundation that's rock hard, that's impenetrable. It's Jesus Christ. We get to build upon that foundation, but it needs to be the right quality. And, you know, we looked at those, you know, the wood, the hay, the stubble, those things can burn up with fire. The gold, the silver, the precious stones, those things are actually solidified and, and made pure through the fire. They get made pure. Stones, you know, uh, they get created by pressure. The preciousness of the stone is with the pressure that comes upon it. And we're going to have pressure in this life, and we're going to have trials and tribulations. They're not meant to crush us. They're meant to create us into the material that God needs us to be in Him on the earth. Are you with me? So we have to be careful how we build. 
And today I wanted to, you know, we've been taking really this first week in the fast and really concentrating more on, um, you know, drawing closer to God. That's our two things that we're looking to do. Number one, we as a people, ourselves individually, we want to draw closer to God. I want you to draw closer to God. I want to draw closer to God because we need Him. We need to be closer to Him. We need to behold him at a close view, not from far away, because the Bible says as we behold him, we're able to become like him. And I want a great view of Jesus, don't you? I want to have a great view that I can see details close up that I can't see when I'm far away. So, and then the other thing is we want other people to be able to draw close to him, because it's not just for us. We want other people to be close to him. So we're, we've been taking this first week of the fast really concentrating on, if you've been watching on Facebook and through prayer and everything, just really going in and, and drawing close to God and just checking our own hearts and God, maybe you can say yourself, you know, God's been revealing different things inside of ourselves that maybe have been a hindrance or maybe have, have taken up space where he, he wants to, to fill that void or fill that area in our lives. It's just taken up an area that, that we're not able to concentrate or focus on him and he's doing it because he loves us. But there's one thing that I want to I help you with in your drawing closer to him. And that's with your thanksgiving. And I want to talk about a form of prayer today that's actually is known as the, the prayer of thanksgiving and worship, or, or, or worship is praise and thanksgiving. So one of the scriptures that we used in the beginning of the year was Colossians 4.2, and it says this, devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So in this scripture... There's three different things I want you to look at. Number one, there's devotion that's involved. There's a devotion that has to take place. Devote yourself to prayer. Keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. So if we're going to be devoted to prayer, we have to be able to keep alert in order to be able to stay devoted. And if we're going to keep alert, we need thanksgiving because we're able to keep alert being devoted to prayer through thanksgiving. It's, God knows what he's doing. I'm telling you what, if we would just sit and read the scriptures and just slow ourselves down, the scripture itself will reveal himself to us and what to do. And you're going to see that today. We just read through things real quick. Just sit down. Allow yourself to meditate over a scripture. This portion of scripture is awesome. Devote yourselves to prayer, keeping alert in it with an attitude of thanksgiving. There's an attitude that we need to have in prayer. I mean, as a parent, if you're a parent in here, you know what it's like whenever your children have an attitude against you. It doesn't go well. Don't have an attitude. It's not that like if we have an attitude with God, he gets an attitude with us. But when we have an attitude, we get into a wrong mindset, a, mal, a wrong mind frame. And we're not able to be devoted as we need to be. We're not able to stay alert as we need to be. Because the flesh will just lead us astray, and then we find ourselves down a rabbit trail we wish we never would have went into. All we do is come out feeling dirty. Amen? But thank God for his goodness and his mercy. So I want to I take you, this is where I, I, I get this from. It's from Acts chapter um, 13. And I want you to see this in the scripture. This is where we always want to base you know, our life direction from. Um, Acts chapter 13, verse 1 and 2. This is a powerful time. This is right before, you know, um, Paul and, and Barnabas, before they were set out. This was the first missionary journey that was about to take place. And I want you to see what happened before the missionary journey began. And, uh, and maybe there was things we don't know. Maybe there was already things stirring, obviously, in Paul and, and Barnabas, but they didn't have direction that they needed. 
and, and God uses to give direction. But in verse number one, it says this, now there were at Antioch in the church that was there prophets and teachers, and it names off the, the, those that were there, and we don't need to go into that. Then it says this, while they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Now, I'm not going to get into the work of which God had called them to, but I do want to get into that first part. They were ministering to the Lord um, and fasting. Ministering to the Lord, it really is the prayer of praise and worship. It's the prayer of praise and worship. It's the prayer of praise and thanksgiving when we're coming before him. And they, they, you know, this is one of the things you can see through the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, you know, the Old Testament, when they had the priest, there was really two functions that the priest had. Number one, they were to minister to the Lord. And then they were to come before the Lord with the needs of the people to be able to minister to the people. Pretty simple, right? And a lot of times we get busy doing things for God instead of coming to and really connecting with God. And that's where we miss the part where we begin to do things that God hasn't called us to, or maybe it's we're trying to get a, a step or so ahead of God, when really we just need to minister to him, to soak in his presence, to, to get in there, begin to meditate on who he is so that he can speak some things to us. And we're not there to get anything from him. There is a time to come to God. When you're in a, in a, a desperate situation, you don't need to go through this. You can go straight to the throne of grace to receive help and your grace in the time of need. Amen? You can just call on the name of Jesus. But there are times when we could slow down and just, you know what, Lord? I just want to minister to you today. I don't, I'm not looking for anything in return. I'm just going to love on you. But you know, God is so good that as we have that attitude to come to him, he never leaves us, leaves us without imparting something. Sometimes you may not even feel it. I've come to know that in my own heart. I've, I've come to that belief in, in myself, and I've considered that, that no matter what's going on, even that song that we sang, even if we don't feel it, even if we don't see it, he's always working. If I come into the house of God and I didn't feel nothing that day, I believe I got some impartations. The word of God was spoken, and the Bible says when the word of God is spoken, seeds go out, and I'm keeping my heart ready, so I know I'm receiving seed. And I know that seed that's already in me is being fertilized and it's being watered and, and the Son of God is, is shining upon that seed. So things are happening even when we don't see what's happening. Are you with me? And it's just amazing to me that they came in just to minister to the Lord. They weren't asking requests. They're just, they're just worshiping God. They're just loving on Him. And God gave them such a, a, a divine uh, revelation. This is what I want to do. I want Paul and Barnabas to be set aside to go on a journey. And to send them out. And they needed this. I mean, you know, as they go out, sometimes we get excited, you know, when God speaks and we're excited about what he has spoken, you know, but God didn't reveal at that time all that Paul was going to go through whenever he went out, right? But he, was, he learned how to get into the presence of God because we see him worshiping and praising God in the jail cell, right, in Philippi, being beaten with rods, and he knows how to get into God's presence. Bible didn't say he was saying, God, help me. My bones are aching. God, help me with it. He said, no, they said they were worshiping and praising God. And the prisoners were listening to them. And guess what? God showed up. Jail, jail man got saved. All the prisoners were set free and they didn't leave because there's no better place than the presence of God. Are you with me? So how do you grow in gratitude? 
if it's important, if it helps keep us alert, if it opens an atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to speak and to be able to speak things into our lives, there's so many times whenever I've got in without any agenda to be in God's presence other just to worship him. I just wanted to love on him and God spoke something that I needed right in that moment. I wasn't even looking for that. Usually it's kind of off guard. It's like you're, you're at that moment because you're, you're in a different mind frame. I'm just gonna love on you, Lord God. And then through that, he begins to deal with something or show something that you need or a direction that you need. But how do we grow in gratitude? I'm gonna use Psalms 100. We've gone over this before, um, but I wanna touch some things in here. This, is, this, this scripture alone is a, is a powerful scripture. I use this a lot in praying and coming together in fellowship with the Lord. I'm gonna read the whole thing in context first, verse one through five. It says this, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful singing. Know that the Lord himself is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good, his loving kindness is everlasting, and his faithfulness to all generations. Man, there's so much meat in there when we slow down. You know, the first thing we see is that he's giving, he's giving really a command. It's a command, shout joyfully to the Lord, all the earth, serve him with gladness, come before him with joyful singing. And sometimes we're like, you know, how? I mean, you know, okay, how do I get, I'm feeling this weight right now, how do I feel? The scripture itself tells us how to get in or how to grow in our gratitude. It says, know that the Lord himself is God. He made us. We are his. This is a great way to keep yourself in worship and praise into God is just to come in to be able to say, God, you are God. You're God. Take it even personal. I love saying this because it just feels so personal and it, and it does something on the inside of me. Ugh, I just like it. God, you're my God. You're my God. You made me. I belong to you. I'm, I'm worshiping. I'm praising God right here. God, you're my God. You made me. I belong to you. And he goes on saying, enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's who he is. His courts with praise, what he's done, thinking of the things who he is. He goes, give thanks to him and bless his name. I can't stress it enough that how, how much you should be able to go through your word and find out what the Bible says who God is and bring that into your prayer closet. Do not just read it. Make it a way that you come before him. You get to know who he is. And somewhere he's going to highlight who he wants to be for you in this season. Who do you need God to be for you in this season? What do you need? He's everything that you need. Find out in Scripture. Get into the Word, get into the word and find out what he says about himself. And is, He's going to lead you to that part of him of who he is and who he wants to be for you. And you can bring that to him. God, you are this for me. You are my rock. You're my shelter. You're my refuge. You're my protection. You just begin to worship him with that. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. It tells us why. Why do I want to bless his name? For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting and his faithfulness is to all generations. So I come to him, I'm saying, God, you are God. You're my God. You made me. I belong to you. And then we're reminding ourselves, God, you are good. 
Your love never ends. It never ends. Man, you need to hear that. I need to hear that on a more consistent basis. Whenever, you know, we get to beat ourselves up to say, wait a second, God loves me. He's my God. He created me. I belong to him. He's good. His love for me never ends. It never ends. This didn't stop God from loving me. And then it's not only for us, your faithfulness is for everyone. Your faithfulness to all gender, your faithfulness is to everyone, God. This is what you want to do. It's one of the, the greatest ways to be able to get into the presence of God and to stir yourself up spiritually. Thanksgiving and praise. But you know, there's a, you need to know that you really believe this in your heart and you're not just saying it with your mouth. And I'm going to go into a greater teaching on this here sometime this year, but you know, the Bible says we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth, but we need to make sure we believe in our hearts and then we confess with our mouth. A lot of times we as believers will confess, but we don't believe it in our heart and we're wondering why things won't happen. The word of God works. We have to take the time to get it into our heart. And sometimes we think because God gives us a revelation of something that we got it in our heart. No, you don't. You don't get it in your heart just because God said it to you one time. You've got to be disciplined to be able to take that, meditate on it, allow the Holy Spirit to unfold it before you. Speak to me, God. Get this in me. And you know when you, you, know, when you believe it in your heart, you begin to confess it with your mouth. God confirms his word with signs that follow. But it's out of a heart of faith. Amen. And I think that's where we're at as a church. I don't mean just Spirit Life Church. That could be this too. I meant as a church at large that Pastor Natasha was talking about. There's a lot of things that we've been declaring and speaking, but we don't have the foundation of it in our hearts, and therefore we're not getting the results. And then we're getting discouraged and wondering why God, or where are you, God, or what's going on, God? I'm doing the things that I know how to do, but we're not letting him clear off the things that have been put on the foundation so it can be founded completely on the foundation. Are you with me? Hebrews 11.6 says this, it's impossible to please God apart from faith. And why? Because anyone who wants to approach God must believe both that he exists and that he cares enough to respond to those who seek him. Uh, the NASB would say, you know, if you're going to come to God, it's impossible, you know, to please him without faith. He who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is the rewarder of what you've asked. So who is he? Do you really believe he is who he is? That's the question. These are the foundational things that I can't answer for you and you can't answer for me. I need to know in, in, in that moment of who I really need him to be. Do I really believe he is who he says he is? Do I really believe that he is the peace that he says he is for me and that he has peace for me in that circumstance? Do I really believe it? And that's where we want to come to a place where we're believing it so wholeheartedly that as we begin to speak it out, it is a declaration. It's that submission. We submit with our heart. We declare with our mouths and we're believing in our hearts. We're submitting and agreeing with his word. We're getting it in us, and as we begin to speak it out, God, he, he confirms his word. The Bible says we submit to God, we resist the devil, and he flees. How do we resist the devil? By agreeing with God's word. We submit to the devil when we're agreeing with the lies that he brings to us, contrary to God's word. 
the first thing that we could do is really just look at yourself and, and uh, think about some internal narrative that's been going on in your mind right now, just maybe this over this last week, or what's some of the things that keep coming up in your mind? Is it negative? Is it, is it, is it, um, it's not just about being positive and negative, although we know God's a positive God, right? It's not just like positivity, use your positive powers to do this. No, we're putting our faith and reliance on God's word, and that's positive. But if there's these negative things that are coming up in, inside your internal narrative that's going on, it goes around inside your mind, and you don't grab a hold of those words and make them become submitted to the, to the will of Jesus Christ and his word, they'll still, going on, they'll still be going on in your, in your mind, and those are the things that you're going to believe in your heart. And you're going to be speaking out, because whenever things get tough, you speak out what's really in your heart. That's what Jesus said. This is just being real, guys. I mean, we, we are responsible for our actions. And we are responsible if, to come to God if we want to be changed. Can you say amen? We can't blame it on somebody else. I can't blame it on somebody else because they bring a situation into my life that brings this out. They may bring a situation into my life, but they have nothing to do with what's on the inside of me. If something is in there, God will use that in order to bring this out to show us that there's an area in our lives that he wants us to become like him. This needs to be dealt with. This is an area that can be a hindrance to us. Are you with me this morning? So do you believe God is who he says he is? Do you believe that God will do what he says he will do? I wanna look at what Jesus said. Did you know that Jesus has a mission statement that we find in the Bible? His, call, his calling, or you could say it in one way, he had an inheritance word that was for him in Scripture. If you got your Bibles, it'll be up on the screen, Psalms 61. I'm going to read 1 through 4 out of the NIV. It says this, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and to release and release from darkness for those prisoners to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Now we know in Luke that Jesus went into the synagogue and he he found the place where this was written and he read it and then he sat down and before he sat down he said this word has been fulfilled in your ears. I'm the one I'm the one who came to do this, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to the captives, to release, to release, release to, from darkness those who are in prison, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He was the one that was anointed by God and sent by God. And Isaiah goes on to say, and to provide in verse number three, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes the oil of, of joy instead of mourning, and the garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair or heaviness. They will be called the oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the, re the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations." Our building blocks are the promises of God. And if we've been saved, if we've accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, these are things that he's already done for us, but we need to appropriate them in our lives. 
If we have heaviness, what we need is joy. Well, the scripture here says in a different translation, the way it's worded, take off the, the spirit of heaviness and take on, you know, the garment of heaviness, put on the garment of praise, right? We, got, we have to take off one as part of that old nature, the old nature that's already been done away with, but we'll carry that nature with us as if it's still alive. We take off that old nature. I, it's the word that's in there that says, instead, we didn't have a choice before Jesus came. You just, you just had to deal with what was there, but, be, but when he came, he gave us a choice. You can stay in heaviness or you can put on the, the garment of praise. It's your choice. Now, I don't, the garment of praise doesn't mean you're walking around, you know, singing songs every single day and everything. There's, there's a joy. It's a joy of the Lord is your strength. The joy is just being able to have that narrative in your mind that would be a negative thing or the old nature thing or from the enemy trying to harass and persecute and, and accuse us being done away with because I'm believing in and trusting and relying on his promises, getting them in my heart, speaking them out. Thank you, Jesus. Man, you guys are quiet this morning. Thank you, Lord. Give me an amen. amen. All right, you're here. Praise the Lord. These are the things that Jesus made available to us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. Our building blocks are the promises of God. Corey Ten Boom said this, let God's promises shine on your problems. If we've got a problem, and that's the problem, the problem is we've got problems. We look for promises to shine on our problems. We look for God's answer. We, we should be running to the word. And I know sometimes I find myself the same way. That's one of the things that kind of gets refreshed in us, you know, when we're in a time of prayer and fasting. We should go to the word. It should be our first response for everything. Something is inflicting us. Something's going on. Something's coming against us. We want to find out, God, what are you saying about it? Give me, what's your word saying about this? What word do you have for me in your word? What do you want to say that I can apply to this? so that I can make sure I'm walking in line with the new nature that you've given and not the old nature, so I can line up with your promises and what you, what you really, you've already brought into my life, but you want me to walk in that I'm not walking in right now. Praise God. The battles for possession. You know, Joyce Myers wrote that book years ago, The Battlefield of the Mind, and that's true. That's where the battlefield is. But we have to be, we're the ones that have to take captive. First, our 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 3 through 5 says this, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. We're not fighting fleshly things. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. They have divine power to destroy strongholds. These strongholds get placed inside of our minds. You know, the Bible says, I think it's in, it's either in, I think yeah, it's in Judges, whenever the Midianites were taken over, it was whenever Gideon was about to, you know, have a visitation and come out and help to set Israel. He was one of the judges there to help set Israel free. And uh, the Bible says that Midianites were very hard on the Israelites. I mean, they were taking their crops. They would wait, let Israel do all the crop and everything until it was harvest time. Then they would come in and just take the harvest from them, just take it with, by power. And the, by, they, drive them, they were driving them out of their land. And the Bible says, it says it this way. And the Israelites, because, because of the devastation and the, the oppression of the Midians was so strong on the Israelites, they made strongholds for themselves in the mountains. They made strongholds for themselves. Sometimes we make strongholds for ourselves because we're not taking God's word 
and applying it in our lives. And we make these strongholds that actually begin to come against and begin to speak against through feelings and thoughts and actions that don't line up with who we are supposed to be and who God has called us to be, who God has empowered us to be. It's not a condemnation on us. It's a wake-up call to us that we can walk in these things, but we've got to go through the training to make it from what's in our spirit to reality in our lives. Are you with me? For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful to the destroying of strongholds. Verse number five, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every captive to, uh, and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You got to grab it. It's part of discipline. You know, there were some things that, that inflicted my life. And it, it's a, it very much is a spiritual thing. That's why sometimes when these thoughts come, do you ever have like, you know, thoughts come against you so strong, you feel like you're just going to burst out of your own skin. Like, I just want to get out of my skin. It's so strong. And uh, I remember there was a time when we lived in Florida, and uh, I don't re remember, I was a praise and worship leader then, so it was before I um, started the traveling ministry, and I think, I don't know if Micaiah was born yet. But, man, there was just these thoughts, especially condemnation, a spirit of condemnation was on me, just casting me down, just making me feel so, I mean, just, you know, dirty, worthless, everything. And it, it was so strong. Sometimes it was so strong that I would, like, be just lay in bed, and I, I felt like I couldn't even get out. It was so strong. I remember one time I was supposed to lead worship that morning. That spirit came and just was inflicting me. That's what it felt like, an infliction. It was inflicting me, and I was in my bed, and I, had, I didn't even go to the church. I was just like, I felt paralyzed. I felt paralyzed by it. And my pastor had to call me. He called me. He's like, Jeff, where are you? I'm like, I'm sorry, pastor. I just like, and he's like, I need you here. And he prayed over me, and as like, you know, and as an act of obedience, I didn't really feel anything. I just, act of obedience, I went, and I led worship. But I remember being in my bed, and uh, was, this was the, the, one of the last times that I was really inflicted in this way by this spirit. I remember being in bed and just it's so strong upon me and just saying all these words, the and narrative that was in there. You know, and a lot of times the enemy has, only has to say it once, and then our old nature, our mind just grabs a hold of it, and we just repeat it and repeat it and repeat it. And he's a stand back around. He's like, I only said it once. These guys are good, you know. Just take and keep repeating it. And it was just the mercy of God, the Holy Spirit. As these words are coming, you know, how, who do you think you are? You're nothing. How can you serve God? How can you lead people? How can you think you're this? You're so dirty. Look at the thoughts. All, all these different things, how the enemy is. And just out of the mercy of God, I could feel, it's, it's almost like I could feel the Spirit like just real close to me. And I, just all of a sudden, I heard the Holy Spirit say this. That's not what the Word of God says. That's all he said. That's not what the word of God says. And I was like, wait a second. You're right. Because the devil don't give us a choice. Your old nature don't give us a choice. Jesus gives us a choice. I could stay there if I wanted to. But he gave me a choice not to have to stay there if I don't want to. And the hope of him just saying, that's not what the word of God says. It brought hope into me, and I said, you're right. And then, as I agreed, it's not that I necessarily started saying all these things right away. As I 
made the choice that I don't have to stay there, and I said, you're right. What am I saying? I agree with you. That's not what the Word of God says. All of a sudden, the Holy Spirit started bringing words back to me. The Word of God says this, and the Word of God says this, and the Word of God says this. I'm beginning to speak it out, and it's as if that spirit that felt like it was right up on me, it felt like it was being driven back. Like, he, I, I, I couldn't see it with my eyes, but I could sense him in the room, and I could, I could sense him backing up. Because I was, by faith, I already had it in my heart, but I wasn't confessing it. I believed it in my heart. I wasn't confessing what the Word of God said. And because I wasn't using the power of God, I was subject to the power of the enemy. And as I began to say that, I felt that spirit move back and it went out the door. And it's never inflicted me like that again. Not that it never came back. Not that that it never got a couple good punches in. good one. But you go back to the Word of God. It's the principle. It's not something you learn and you do away with. It's something you learn and you live by. It's a foundational truth of God. We get it in our heart. We confess it with our mouth. Tearing down those strongholds. Now I want to just read our scripture. I won't go into great detail on this, but this is how we partner with God. This is a great way. There's, this is just one scripture. There's so many scriptures in the Bible. Uh, I wish you'd just take, take the time and just go down through, even, even if you're just however you're reading your regular devotions, as you go down, if you find somewhere where it says Jesus is, you know, or if he says I am, or the, about the Holy Spirit, about God the Father, you see uh, lots of things in the Old Testament about the Lord or God is. It, it, it tell, he's, he just tells you over and over and over who he is. And that's what you believe in. That's what you take. That's what you resist the enemy with by submitting to what he's saying about who he is and what he's already done and his love for you. But let's read this again, Psalm 62, 5 and 8. And if you want to come, Joe, this is how we partner with God as he's building his church. And you are a building block in his church. My soul, wait upon God. Who is your soul supposed to wait on? God, my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, wait upon God and silently submit to him. How are we supposed to wait on God? Silent submission. Because it's in the place of silent submission that he reveals exactly who we need him to be in that moment. And we can put our faith on that. My soul, whose soul is it? It's your soul. Who can do it? Only you can. My soul, wait upon God and silently submit to him. For my hope and my expectation are from him. He only is my rock, my salvation. He is my defense. He's my defender. You need to be defended today? He is your defender. Don't try to defend yourself. Let him defend you. He's my fortress. That's my stronghold, my safety. I shall not be moved. And that's what God wants for us this year. It's when we allow all these other things that usually happen externally and some, you know, it'll be an external thing that 
begins to stir up some internal things, right? And this is what God wants. He wants when things begin to happen around us that stir up some things that he's working on on the inside that we don't jump off the foundation of Jesus Christ. That we can boldly say, I shall not be moved. I'm going to stay right here. Whatever blows come against me, whatever this world comes against, whatever people try to bring that come against me, I'm making the decision to stay upon the foundation of who he is. With God rests my salvation, my glory. He is my rock of unyielding strength and impenetrable hardness. My refuge is in God. Trust in, lean on, rely on. That's believe him, rest in him, expect him. That's a relying, you're expecting God. I trust you means I believe you, I lean on you, so I'm resting in you. Not on my own ability. I'm relying on you, so I'm expecting you to come through. Not in a demanding way. God, you need to do this. No, Lord, you said you will do this. I trust your word that you will do what you said you will do because you are who you say you are. I believe that. I'm not going to be moved from that. And have confident, confidence in him. Be certain at all times, you people. Pour out your hearts before him. That's a, a great line right there. There are times whenever we just don't understand and we just need to come to him. So when you don't understand and, and there's that confusion between your heart and your confession and things are going on, well, it's okay. Maybe you're having a trouble relying on him. Maybe you're having trust, trust resting in him, but you leave, believe these things, but you're like, I don't know what to do. That's okay. Fall before him and just let your heart be poured out before him. God, I don't know what to do. I believe this, but I, I help me, Jesus. He's going to be there. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us, a fortress and a high tower. Pause and calmly think about that. But we have to, we have to practice this. Remember we said last week that there are certain things that, you know, there's going to be a shaking that's happening. We, we know that scripture talks about that. And the Bible says the shaking's happening so that the things that are are, are loose in a sense, you know, they're not to be there. They're not really connected. They'll be removed and the things that are connected will remain. But there's, there are things in our lives that are kind of getting unloosed a little bit. They're, the screw is not tightened in to where it's as tight as it needs to be. And when you have something that has friction and it's not as tight as it needs to be, if it's left untightened, the friction, you know, is, is something going back and forth, it can cause it to break off when it's not supposed to break off it was, if it was just tightened. There are certain things that God wants to tighten in us. And I believe this is one of those things. That we're going to where we need to as believers. We go to his word. What are you, what are you saying? Who do you need to be for me right now, Lord? What do you need to work on in my life? What fruit of the spirit are you trying to bring forth in my life? Can you say amen?